19 keys and this is high level conversation. And see, this is why it's important to develop your taste buds to liking raw foods, yeah. right? And liking the food in its natural form. It's like, when you look at ketchup, right? Ketchup was created based on catsup, right? Which I believe is like Asian, you know, some, some sort of like Asian flavored mm -hmm. thing. And they did that because the meat at the time wasn't always the best meat. Right, so they had the bacon or the meat on their plate. Sometimes it'd have a funny smell to it, yeah. a funny taste. Sometimes it'd be past expiration, but people didn't have the science to even know. Yeah. So, you know, people would eat this meat and they would say, well, it's too expensive to just throw away. So they would have to eat it. There was like a level of respect, right, for yeah. the money spent on it, but they would pour this catsup on top of it, right? Yeah. And as a, the guy who uh, from Heinz was sitting there thinking about it, like, damn, what if I created something that was local? right that people could pour on top of these foods and at the time it was so bad that they would have to have bottles that were colored so you couldn't see what was inside so yeah. people didn't really trust it right <laughs> so the bottles would be like dark brown or like greens but he had the bright idea of he finally utilized tomatoes to come up with you know the ketchup so he can pour over food that wasn't good Right. Right. Didn't smell good. I mean, we right. do that today. You want to pour a bunch of hot sauce on food because yep. you don't like the natural taste of the food. Right. Right. And we don't really think about that whole thing. Like even our rituals of pouring extra flavor on foods that we naturally don't like. Right. Why does it need all of that? Right. And then our body is not naturally attuned to even getting the bitterness out of it, which is good for our body to experience. Yeah. Right. And so instead, we want sugar on everything because yep. they put sugar in the ketchup. Absolutely. So now what we're doing is we're sugar coating everything. And this is what we do from a biological sense. But it's what we do in a philosophical sense with society. Yeah. Right. We don't want things raw anymore. We don't want things natural. We don't want truth real. We yeah. want everything sugar coated. Yeah. So our whole life is not taking things as is. So you never like the raw substance. You only like the truth sugar coated. Right. Don't tell it to me the way it is. Nope, I don't really like this meat. I'm going to pour and figure out as many concoctions and seasons and flavors I can throw on top of this right. so I can say I like this. Right. Right? And this is how we're, we're disguising these meals that we don't like, that aren't good for us, that are killing us, yeah. and we're sugarcoating them so that we can enjoy them. Yeah, and this is why you can say, I love this food. Right. You love the food because it's, you're addicted to it. Mm -hmm. Because there's nothing but sugar. And sugar right. is by far one of the most addictive substances you can have in your body. And so when you think about it, it's not only ketchup. It's salad dressing has oh, sugar it's everything. in it. It's mayo has sugar in it. It's virtually every product has sugar in it. And so what it's doing is, if you take, for instance, like in, in um, Jewish culture, they have kosher meats. Mm-hmm. And if you ever, you know, have eaten, like, kosher meat, it has no taste to it. Mm -hmm. And the reason why it has no taste to it is they literally kill the animal and instantly chop it up. Yeah. Okay? Now, what that does is, and people don't realize this, is that it prevents from all the body fluids from leaking out into the body to tenderize. Mm -hmm. Because the urine and the, 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 the feces, once anything dies, we die. All of those systems break down. Mm. All of those things that are holding those body fluids together, they didn't open up. Os osmosis shuts down. Right. And so that's literally what's tenderizing the meat, and that's mm. literally why people actually like a lot of the meat. Mm. And mm -hmm. so it's important for us to know and understand that even when you would do it that way, or if you do it the processed way, which, is, which means that they take 
They, they take ketchup. They take monosodium glutamate. They take food additives. They take food dyes. They put on, because most of the meat that you see in the, the supermarket today, it all looks red. Mm -hmm. But we know when somebody's dead, like we know they start to turn a gray. Mm -hmm. And if you'll notice that what will happen is if you go into the supermarket and that meat is expired and it goes past a certain date, that dye will start to disappear and it will start to turn mm. gray again. Let's talk about this dye, man, because this is bad, right? Like all of this fish farming, right? Mm -hmm. You know, if you go to the store and you see that, like I was at a Costco and I was looking at a salmon and the salmon says no color dye in it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And another one will say, you know, uh, farm raised. Or another one will say it's not farm raised. This is, you know, caught naturally, yeah, right? Yeah, wild caught. Wild caught. But it's like, first of all, when you read these things, they're, they're competitive brands. So they're yeah. trying to tell you the modes or the advantages they have on the other brand. Yeah. Right? But you don't really think about why they're putting all these signs up. Yeah. Right? If one said we don't have color dye, that means everyone that doesn't say that has it in it. <laughs> yes. Right? So when you go look at it and you look at this package, now people go go to the grocery store, oh, snap, I've been eating color dye this whole time. This is not what this fish looks like right. at all. And these farms are nasty because they're in spaces of feces where yeah. these, I'm almost getting sick thinking about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? It's like the food that we're eating right now can be equivalent to when you go back to the 1500s, before there was an FDA, right? And people had to just take a risk, right? Because I think he went to, when Hans was given the experiment, he, he, he had, I think, two drinks. Uh, I think they were cognac. And I think the president was FDR. I don't know if I'm correct on that. But he basically said these two drinks, and he said that one has formaldehyde in it, and one doesn't, yeah. right? And he said, smell it, move it around, see if you can tell the difference. Yeah. And he picked up one, and he was like, this for sure, this is cognac for sure. He said, okay, well, would you bet your life on it? Right. Would you take a sip? And president was like, no, it wasn't the president, but it was one of his advisors, like, all right, I get what you're saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And he was like, listen, this is the choice that people have to make every single day, unwillingly, though. Yep. Right? They don't know that they're putting their life. And that's the same choice that people are making today. Yeah. Right? Hundreds of years later, you're making an unwilling choice that you're possibly putting poison and chemicals in your yeah. body, but you don't know. You don't know. Right? They're not advertised like that. It's not put in front of you like that. Right? But this is things that are the, the cancer causing, the disease causing. Yeah. Right? And... You know, we do this every day without thought process, and we wonder why all these illness, these ailments come up, right? Yeah. All these cancers, all these tumors. And your doctor and can't tell you what it is. They don't know. Yeah. And if, if the doctor ain't recommending a change in lifestyle, because you can never, you, you, you know, disease doesn't develop just through the genome expression. Right. Oh, it was in my family. That's just epigenetics. Oh, oh, let's look at your goddamn, uh, 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 the food table, you know what yeah. I'm saying? What are you eating? Yep. Right? So if you're not, if you don't have, if you don't have a, something inside of your lifestyle that is conducive towards medicine for the body, yeah. right? If, if we have medicine, you know, or we have food, the food means that we don't need the medicine. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So like. The food is the medicine. The, right. The food is supposed to be the medicine. So. You know, when you go look in your, your mother's cabinet, your uncle's cabinet, your cabinet, if you got a huge pharmacy in your cabinet, it's because you're not eating right. Yeah. Because that means the table was supposed to stop this from becoming this. Yes. Right? But when you don't eat right at the table, 
Now you have to go into the bathroom and you have to take all of these pharmaceutical pills. Yeah. And so if you continue to eat the disease, you're going to continue to need the pills. Yep, because the thing that people really need to understand about food, food could either be the highest form of healing or it could be the deadliest form of poison. Mm. And what people don't realize is that a lot of the food that we eat is either feeding healing or is feeding disease. Mm -hmm. And so if you eat the wrong foods, then the foods that you eat will eat you. Mm. And so it's important for us to know and understand. We, ha we make powerful choices about our lifestyle mm -hmm. and about our life and longevity every time we pick up a spoon or a fork. And what I always am trying to communicate to people is that, you know, like when you start to think about like, because the first thing that people talk about when I say don't eat this, don't eat that, they're like, all right, so what the hell can I eat? And I always tell them, I was like, what did God create? Right. You know, like, look at that. Look at what, first start there. What did God create? If you're eating out a box bag, can, jar, et cetera, and it has ingredients on it that you can't pronounce, um, and if it has more than 50 ingredients and it's supposed to be just a jar of spaghetti sauce, mm -hmm. then it's a good indication that you're eating something that isn't good for your body. Right, because you got to remember that all of that stuff that you're seeing in there is so they can sell it. Yes. Right? It's not for. It's not so that you can eat it and enjoy it. Like, if it was made in front of you in this natural way that they made it 100 years ago, yeah. then it will probably be ready for you. It will be fresh. Yep. You know what I'm saying? Then, cool, go ahead and eat that. Right? But now they have to think about the industry. They have to think about business. How do we preserve this? How do we get it to look good while it's on the shelf? So they have to think about shelf life. They have to think about, you know, the shipping time and the traveling and all of these other different things. Maintaining the color. Color. Maintaining flavor, the texture. Competing with other people who's doing new type of flavors. Yeah. It has nothing to do with it being a good product for you. Yeah. Right? It's the manipulation of the taste buds by scientists. Yeah. Right? It's no longer made by farmers. Yeah. Right? These are scientists figuring things out. Right? So it's like... That to me automatically says that, damn, I don't want my chef to be a scientist. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I would rather my chef be a farmer. Indeed. Indeed. And the reason why that's so important is this because people are under the impression that we're being protected when food is placed on a shelf. Mm. But what's important for people to know and understand is that it's called the FDA, Food and Drug Administration. Mm -hmm. Just look at what's being approved now. You got clone meat that's approved. Talk you have the, clone, the, the genetically modified salmon mm -hmm. that is now approved in, mm. in the market. They 3D printing food. 3D printing food. Um, you, you see that we now have the genetically modified foods that are now been in the market since the early 2000s. And now you, you, when you look at the label, you'll now see bioengineered ingredients man they which got, means genetically modified they got they got companies that's out here selling celebrity clone meat yeah from cell cultures that they're taking like this this is getting weird out here it's getting real weird again as entrepreneurs we are responsible for containment of a lot of information and we have to scale our businesses so we're constantly processing information we have to keep our mind open to new information we have to make observations about competition. We have to be aware of our customers, right? And the times, you know, uh, entrepreneurs work in 16, 18 hours. So we need our rest. We need our recharge because we need to get right back where we left off, but we're responsible for scaling. So we even have to come back in the game, you know what I'm saying, even better than we left. So how do we do that, right? 
We have to have something that speeds the particular glands that are responsible for making these processes happen in our body. And in our body, the pineal gland is responsible for that. So during the daytime, it releases serotonin, and at nighttime, it releases melatonin in accordance with the planetary circadian rhythm, right? The way that we are helping entrepreneurs be a better version of themselves, we're making sure that people's most important asset, their body, is recession-proof, right? What does a recession body look like? One that has an energy deficit, right? One that is, you know, slightly uh, a few steps or seconds off, right? can't afford that in business. You can't even afford to be a split second off. You want to be totally present and slightly ahead of the game. And that's what we focus on when we focus on the brain. I'm 19 Keys and this is High Level Conversation.